Well, welcome everyone to another episode, a very special episode of HR and Payroll 2.0. I'm Pete Tiliakis, and as always, I'm joined by the legendary Julie Fernandez. Thanks, Pete. Great to see you. Great to see everyone. We are actually doing something super special today. Yeah. We're at you live from the HR Tech Conference in Las Vegas. Yeah. So yeah. excited to be here and super excited for a special guest today. Exactly. Yes, I'm very excited for this. This is an executive I admire greatly. I you know, have followed his work uh, and his path, obviously, with Daily Pay. And now, you know, again, Jason Lee, founder, uh, entrepreneur, visionary, futurist, and now uh, the head of uh, Salt Labs. And just excited to have you here, Jason. Well, Pete and Julie, I, am I dreaming? <laughs> I've been wanting to be on this podcast forever. And so I really appreciate you taking that brown envelope for me yes. and getting me on to this podcast. No, but seriously, it's great to see you both. Yes. Yes. I love this show. Um, you, know, you, had mentioned, uh, you had mentioned Daily Pay. That's where we launched uh, that company. I was a lot younger, a lot skinnier, uh, no kids, and... You still got your hair. A little less frazzled. A little bit more hair, yeah, a little less frazzled, but I remember I got up on stage at, um, gosh, back then I was doing the uh, best new technologies pitch, if you remember that, yes. and, yeah. and or the version that they have now, but, you know, going in front of uh, a bunch of folks who, you know, I had no idea what this is all about, HR tech, and, you know, I, I never set out to start an HR tech company, but, you know, here we were, and... Um, and this this show has always been, you know, such an incredible yeah. opportunity for me, for us. Um, now my new company, we're launching it here again. And so, you know, really on behalf of all entrepreneurs, thank you guys yeah. for always supporting the community and for just being um, just amazing friends and colleagues in the space. Yeah. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. We, we, you know, we created this show really to bring uh, conversations to the table, right? We, we were always having these executive conversations. You and I have had several, mm. um, and I love them, right? And I was like, we could record these. It would be, these would be gold. So what I wanted to do is continue some of the combos we've been having lately. But mm -hmm. before we get started, I want to ask your opinion. You're, you're obviously, like I said, a futurist, <laughs> a visionary. What excites you while you're here? What have you seen? What do you, what do you hope to see? What, what's the pulse so far? Well, look, um, I know that the right answer is a dot I dot, but you know, but let me tell you what I'm actually most excited about is when you come to a show like this and you actually see the wide breadth of vendors and frankly practitioners yeah. who aren't really looking for just one solution, I talked to a bunch of folks who said, oh, we're not ready for AI. You know, we're not ready for that implementation. We're not ready to put that into production. But what we are looking for is a really, really darn good, you know, fill in the blank employee right. engagement product or a new HCM or a new payrolls, you know, and what I love about this is you, you've got kind of classic um, gosh, we just want to upgrade our, our, our product and upgrade our service better. And then you've got super cutting edge stuff and then you've got stuff in between. And, you know, what excites me the most is it, it is it, it, the thing that is, it has always my, it been so mind boggling to me, HR technology, meaning this is one of the most incredibly, um, robust and fertile areas of technology development. And that's not what you think of when right. you think of Toby right. and yeah. when you think of HR. You, you yeah. don't think of those things, but what you don't realize it is it's all being operated in the back end through very complex technology, very cutting edge stuff, the biggest providers of um, cloud data. I mean, it's all HR related. I was excited to see Microsoft. Right. The, the presence Microsoft has, um, you know, and we, we all knew Viva was coming, but the, um, they've got a huge presence here. I'd had three meetings with Microsoft yeah. when I was here um, at the conference, just about all variety uh, of, of topics. So 
Yeah, I'm excited by all of it, Pete. It's fun to have gone from the back closet where HR always had the least developed stuff to, you know, being a leader in the cloud space around our functional technologies and now really like being on the forefront of some of the AI and, and yeah. automation and, and different activities. And it's it's great to be on the forefront of things yeah. in technology instead of in the in the well, laggard. Well, so here's kind of a wild thought, which is, um, so here's like an analogy. When, when you look at the advent of digital payments, well, actually what happened, the place where that actually advanced the most was in China. Now, why did it, why did that happen? Because China was actually a cash-based society. Yeah. They skipped the whole credit card thing. So they like skipped the whole generation <laughs> and just went to mobile phone payments. Yep. And now people, uh, you know, um, homeless people yeah. ask for donations yeah. through, yeah. Uh, you know, through um, mobile. I say that analogy to kind of talk about HR, which is, I think in part because there are so many aspects of HR that were left a little bit behind historically, now it's such an opportunity for in particular things like generative AI. Yes, a job description. Yes, a th like yeah. th these things are great opportunities um, for practitioners to be able to use those tools um, in, in kind of unique ways. And so it, it's sort of like you skipped over yeah. a bit of a generation a and now, and now you kind of get the best of the best. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you what I love is that, you know, the community here, I, I was telling someone yesterday, they asked me why my favorite thing about, uh, or the best thing that's happened to me this week. And I said, well, one of the best thing is walking down the hallway and all the hugs that you get, all the reunion. It's almost like the first day of school again, you know, like, Hey, hey. but no, but really, but back to your point, like I love that the, I love the mainstream nature of HCM now. Right. I was talking to one of the vendors, their, their name is on a, is on one of the NFL stadiums. That wasn't five yeah. years ago, yeah, right? No, you know, you've got yeah. Phil Mickelson wearing an yeah. HCM shirt on, on golf, right? You've got, um, but, but more importantly, big tech has come in and said, Hey, we need to do something to help employers, uh, and really putting their power to, to HCM. So I love it. I think there's just so much and they're solving real problems right. that employers need solved. And right. it's not, it's not easy, man. It's not easy. Yeah, so long as they don't go into my areas, I'm totally yeah, there with you. Okay, so long as they're not creating salt or on-demand pay, yeah. I'm totally there with you. Yeah. So, so it, no, I agree. I, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. You're always disruptive, so you, you're probably ahead of everybody else anyway. But, uh, but look, I want to continue on some of the conversation we've been having lately. And I know we've exchanged some things on social media with different topics, but just this topic of like the work, the workplace being broken, yeah. right? Like. That's what a lot of these folks are in here in this room trying to solve. And you could you could put you could you look at a lot of symptoms of why the work workplace is broken, right? You've got productivity. I've I've been to I don't know how many conferences this year, and I promise you productivity has been almost top of the list. Engagement still lives at the top of the list. Um, retention, development, finding, you know, all of that uh, is 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 on everyone's mind. So like how how do you get all of that? How do you how do you pick a technology that's going to fix all that? And what do you do, right? Is technology yeah. even the right answer? I don't know. Well, well, look, I mean, let's state the obvious, which is the human condition is deeply unsatisfied. And so I, I don't care what, you know, faith background or what family background you have. The human condition is deeply unsatisfied. And so, yes, people will leave jobs, um, you know, on a, on a regular basis. And by the way, when the jobs are hard yeah. and when they are difficult and when they are physically grueling or taxing, the, the people are more likely yeah. to leave those jobs. And so there is an element of the human condition, but putting that aside just for one moment, yeah. um, look, I, when I sort of survey uh, what's going on, when I talk to practitioners, and I spend a lot of my time talking to C-suite folks, operators, practitioners, not so much other vendors, because yeah. I'm a provider myself, but um, I will tell you, there's an element of this, which is, yes, things haven't changed. Yeah, I, I, this morning I had a call with the CEO of a nursing home, a yeah. 3,000 person nursing home. And he said, well, look, Jason, 
turnover in our industry has been 100% 30 years ago, it's 100% 10 years ago, and it's 100% now. And so there's an element of, as I said, the human condition, which is, look, these are by definition high turnover industries. With that said, I think that there's part, one of the aspects of HR technology that I think we don't talk enough about is the fact that HR, and I don't mean human resources corporate, I mean humans are constantly evolving. And oftentimes the technology is actually not catching up with with where the humans actually are. I'll give you a great example from a space that I'm more familiar with, which is um, we spend a lot of time thinking about, and some of this comes from the Burson research and whatnot, but thinking about, hey, people get consumer grade experiences in their personal lives. Okay, what does that look like now at work? And, And that dissonance that that creates, at some point, it just becomes untenable for a worker to be satisfied at work. You know, in my old company, I used to say a lot, well, look, these kids are growing up thinking that money moves instantly. Yeah. And you're trying to tell me you think someone's going to wait around for two-week payroll? Yeah. There's a hamster that is, back there. That, 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 <laughs> that, that, the, way, the way to think that that is over, it's yeah. not going to happen. And I, I remember seven years ago, I said, this is inexorable. Okay, whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. Yep. And you can either join me now, okay? Or, and, and by the way, I had just come back yeah from the APA, which was the American Payroll Association Conference, which is a lot more payroll yeah. Now payroll org. Now payroll Now payroll org. And I, and I, look, I, I'm friends with these guys. I love them all. Yeah. But I told them, I said, either you listen to, like you hear what I'm saying today, or this is going to sneak up on you. And, and look at where we are now. You know, 10 million people using on-demand pay, you know, all, all in the U.S. And it's global now. And Right. becomes an expectation, now, right? And now it's an expectation. Oh, yeah. it's a standard piece of the stack. Yeah. Right. stack. Yeah. And so all of that to say humans are evolving and yeah. they're they're evolving in their personal lives. Hence, you got to make sure that at work, we're offering concomitant or commensurate experiences at work. Yeah, yeah. We'll try to spend some cash now. And most people don't. I've been to, yeah. I've, been, I've taken trips literally where at the entire trip, I couldn't give my cash away. They wanted just digital pay. Right. So it's almost like an expectation that you're going to do that anyway. Right. And society's going that route. So yeah, absolutely. So look, we talk about these things being broken, right? And, and a lot of times it's like, oh, well, you can just, you know, throw more money at it. You can just throw more bodies at it. And the reality of it is, is I don't think today more bodies is a linear path to productivity, right? It just isn't happening. Yeah. Uh, and wages are, you know, yeah, they're going up and, but inflation is going up. So it's, it's not really, it's just a wash. In fact, a lot of folks, I think there's data that says, even in all that wage increases we saw during the pandemic and after, it got eaten up by the by the inflation, right? So even those yeah. things aren't traditional ways are aren't necessarily working. I feel like you got to get out of the box. Well, let me say something that might be a little controversial, yeah. um, but let's make sure the listeners keep on listening. Yeah, why, yeah. why not? Why not torch the place now? We have to. We're <laughs> expecting that like, from you, Jason. Last time I bring him on this thing, but, but let me say something that's probably a little not a little inartful. But yeah. here's kind of my perspective, which is. Wages have gone up. And by the way, that's a great thing. And employers should do that. And inflation is out there. And But that's a good thing. But but I want to be very clear. That's helping the employee meet her needs. That has nothing to do with whether or not the employee feels recognized. So these are two separate matters. One matter is, are we actually paying someone a wage where she can still come to work because she's got gas, fix the car? eat, you know, pay the rent, put food on the table, a livable wage. And we can debate, I'm not a big politics guy, we can debate what that level is, but that's what the purpose of wages are. 
wages are inherently structurally, um, it is impossible structurally to use wages, in my opinion, as a way to recognize an employee because yeah. in the hourly workforce, you have to pay everyone statutorily the same. How is that a differentiator if everyone's getting paid the same? Yeah. And so I think when I talk to companies, they ask me, I don't get it. I just raised wages 30% over the past 12 to 18 months. And my employees, they haven't changed their behavior at all. Yeah. I mean, these, you know, <laughs> that's usually accompanied with some right, you right. Know, impolite, impolite yeah. things. And, <laughs> and what I have to tell them is I say, listen, respectfully, that has nothing to do with whether or not an employee feels acknowledged or recognized. That's a separate discussion. You need to deploy technology or, or, or a different approach or get your managers um, to figure it out because at the end of the day, that employee is only going to stay if she feels yeah. engaged, broadly defined. That's actually what gets someone to stay. That is separate and apart yeah. from how much she's getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, talent is seeking work now instead of work seeking talent. Right. I mean, really, the worker yeah. is in control. That's right. Much more. They're than driving. Yeah. They're driving the show, and yeah. that's you know we were talking. Uh, we were talking the union, the whole thing, right? Every day, I feel like another major. Right? We've got Hollywood going crazy. We've got the hey, auto I'm in workers. Detroit. Yeah, she's in Detroit. <laughs> right. She knows the auto workers. So. You saw the Kaiser. I don't know where the Kaiser thing ended up. The big healthcare. Yeah. That's scary. That's Very scary. scary. Uh, and I'm sure there's other you know others that we're not even thinking mm -hmm. of. It's like there's this battle between upper management and 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 the frontline worker. Yet the frontline worker are are the product. In a lot of in a lot of industries, so well, yeah. I mean, how do you reconcile those? So you know? look, the in, in the Hollywood thing in particular, and yeah. look, I'm not a big movie. Yeah, I, as I I've said, got I, a lot of experience. I have three kids. I have three kids. I can't remember the last time I watched yeah, television yeah. or watched a movie. But yeah, uh, yeah I guess Disney. Yeah, yeah. I guess Disney. Yeah. But um, but you know, the, the Hollywood one I think is a very interesting case study yeah. of what people want. So if you actually get underneath, well, what are these people striking about? What, and there's some AI and all this stuff, but, but really what they're striking about is a concept called residuals. And I don't know if you know this concept, but it's, a, it's essentially, hey, I as a writer or I as an actor, um, you know, I perform on a gig or I do a show. Or, and the concept used to be, well, if that show got syndicated, so take Friends. Uh, remember the old show Friends? Yep. That's rerunning, you know, all day long on, oh, yeah. you know, UPN. My wife is all over it. Yep, she's contributing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and each of each time that gets played, well, Jennifer Aniston yep. is getting a quote residual. Yep. What happened? And, and this is what happens with technology. Well, all of a sudden, the big technological advance in the media industry in the last ten years was streaming, and Netflix was smart enough to say, "We're going to buy the catalog. Yeah. There's no more residuals. We're not we're not borrowing yeah. this thing." We bought it, yeah. no more residuals. And so now all of a sudden these actors are saying, Netflix is playing this yeah. all day long and I'm not getting a piece of my ownership. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I tell that long story to get to this point, which is I think the modern workforce, it's about that issue. It's yeah. about ownership. People don't wanna just work and get a paycheck. They expect that already. That's that's based. That's the law. Yeah, that's, that's based. You know, they, they, they think that's the law and yeah. it is the law. That's a statutory thing that they're receiving they want a piece of ownership. That's right. You know, I, I, I'm not a big soccer fan, but if you saw, um, if you're familiar with this player, Mark Me uh, um, Messi, um, down in uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Lionel yeah. Messi, Lionel Messi, yes, 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 down in Florida, 
you know, the, he was offered a deal for $1.5 billion yeah. to play um, overseas. And he turned it down. That's right. He turned down a $1.5 billion salary. Now, I'm glad he's not a daily pay user. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to come up with that. Uh -oh. <laughs> but what, he turned that down. Now, why did he turn it down? It's because the, the gig that he actually took, what he, what he negotiated was, I want a piece of the team. Not only do I want a piece of the team, I want a piece of every time Apple TV shows a game that I am on because I know that I am helping Apple TV sell more product because people want to watch me play yeah. in the US. It's this attitude of I'm the product. Yeah. I'm the I and I think labor look they're not Lionel Messi and they're not Hollywood writers but that theme is existing which yeah. is I'm the yeah. product and I'm the most important part of this equation. So I kind of want my piece of it. Well, yeah. right down into the sports for, you know, for colleges and, you know, even below yeah. that. Yes. I mean, the whole, the, the same argument is playing out over and over. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And it's it, it played out there for the individual. Yeah. I think what's going to happen is it's going to creep into media rights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, well, well, why shouldn't LeBron James get a piece of the advertising revenue when he's being interviewed by Jim Gray as yeah. to... You know, is he going to Miami or is he going to stay in Cleveland? Yep. And I think that probably becomes the model. And I guarantee you, when you start seeing that play out on social media, on TikTok, that will filter down to the worker at McDonald's. And she will say to herself, well, where's my piece? Like, and, and that's sort of what I mean by these big tectonic shifts that are happening in culture, in society, amplified through social media, through TikTok. Like for my my job is to like look at all of that and say, okay, so what's going to come out of that as it relates to how people comport themselves at work, yeah, and 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 the dissonance that that just continues to get wider and yeah. wider. Yeah, well, it is that it is that divide, right? And and just to go back to that, I I, I managed payroll for the Walt Disney Company, uh, mm -hmm. and and was very intimate with that Hollywood world. And what I'll what I'll highlight there is that people don't realize is not everybody is Brad Pitt. Not everybody's getting Brad Pitt money. Not everybody's getting Lionel Messi money. Right. There's a lot of people involved in making Brad Pitt's movies come to the forefront that are behind the line that you're not seeing. And those people aren't being taken care of the way they should. And by the way, if you're a vendor out there focused on the gig economy, I've been saying this for a long time. It's been happening in Hollywood since 1930-something. You can go out there and see exactly how it works and how it functions. But you're right. I think there's a disparity between the upper Brad Pitts of the world and the executives maybe getting and, and the frontline guy who's, who is the product. Uh, getting it done, get making it happen that that's not being compensated fairly or taking getting that equity. Right? You know, it strikes me because I'm working with a, an investment um, company now where you have some, you know, some high performers and then you have a lot of support activity that is necessary to make all the magic happen. And uh, and it strikes me that, you know, we've always had this focus on executive compensation, how we make things special. And now we almost need the reverse, right? We need uh, the focus on how do I bring some of that, uh, that uh, the residuals, right, right, down into the organization so that the, uh, so that the base layer of contributors feels like they have a stake in what's going on. Right. And, and it's going to require some special administration and some special thinking in order to do that. That's and right. that'll be different for every industry, really, right. and for every uh, employer value proposition. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I just like being on this podcast. I don't want to get into products or things like that. But I, I will tell you, and for the for people who might be listening in, I think the key to this issue, yes, there will be, um, as you as you said, um, you know, structures or administration or think, I think the key though is how do you leverage technology yeah. where it's not coming top down, where you can where you can fix this issue or get to that effect 
by actually going bottoms up through the employee because we're in an environment right now and yes hr tech is great and there's a lot going on here but let's face it we're in an environment where stuff is contracting um we are you know we are in a contracting environment and what i'm hearing from uh, practitioners and operators is give me something where i can do more with less you know and and, and, and i need more with less i, I want to consolidate these kind of areas over here uh, you know oh you've got something that answers you know an a b and c priority great because i'm using point solutions for each of you know i'm using three different point solutions yeah. and so we are seeing I, I am hearing that um you know in in certain areas around uh, around this so i think it's yes it's companies making that decision and then it's people like us yeah. coming up with technology which enables them to do it like super cheap and data, and right? Super you need granular yeah. data to yeah. be able to figure out how do I do that with any type of a a, a data foundation so right. that it's equitable. Yeah. Do Do you think there's companies out there right now that are doing it exceptionally well? Um. At this point. Well, there's. Uh, I mean, employers. Yeah, employers. I mean, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, look. I, I let me give you one example that's not going to be helpful, but yeah. but because yeah. I think it's very, I think it's bespoke. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, compensation um, in general seems to be angsty too, and I've and I'm hearing that around here. Like compensation is still an area people are challenged by. Yeah. Just so generally. Let me give you, know? you two quick ones. Okay. The first is, and this one's bespoke, yeah. but the second one is something you may or may not have heard of that's in the market right now. Um, the first one is. Uh, 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 ben Affleck, the uh, speaking of Hollywood, yeah. uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. So they started a production company. And um, they released their first film. It was called Air. It was a story of Michael Jordan. But really, the star of that was Michael Jordan's mother, and That's how right. amazing right. her mother yes. was. His mother was. And 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 there's this pivotal moment where, um, and you can see here, there's a theme. But yeah, there's this pivotal moment where um, she's on the phone with Nike, and Nike's saying, "Well, we're going to pay you three million dollars." Yeah. They were giving him at the time right. a lucrative contract. We'll it was not that big. Right? All these, and yeah. she just said. I want a piece of every shoe he sells. Yeah. And and it's this amazing moment where you realize he is the product. Yeah. And you're going to sell more shoes because it's Michael Jordan. Forget the cash deal. I want to and that deal is still paying dividends to this day obviously. Yeah. Um I've got a pair of Air Jordans upstairs and you know every you know he and he is still making something yes. on that shoe because oh. he owns that right. Yeah. Um the second example I would give you or a category I would give you is the private equity firm, and, and this is ironic, you don't normally hear things like this out of private equity, but the private equity firm KKR. Yeah. I don't know if you followed this, but um, a friend of mine, a, a guy called Pete Stravos, who you guys should get to know, yeah. um, he's responsible for the entire U.S. private equities business. And what they are taking is a very unique approach to the private companies they acquire. What they're saying is, you know, and, and they, you know, they'll acquire some widget maker in the middle of Kansas. And what they'll tell the employees, because you know the employees are always very nervous. They hear oh, yeah. all nightmare right. stories yep. about private yep. equity and New Yorkers We're coming all get in, fired. Yeah. cost cutting. <laughs> yep. And, yep. and by the way, that they do that. They do all those oh, things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what they've done is they've created a private stock ownership um, mechanic, yeah. where every single employee gets privately owned shares Beautiful. in the company, and when the company gets sold or when it IPOs those shares pay out nice. and they you know and they just and they've sold now a couple of these companies yeah. and these so you got a, you got a forklift maker who's who just gets a one-time payout of 10x yeah, his salary life-changing yeah, life yeah. the, the last company they sold the minimum payout the minimum was 2x annual salary 
the max was 32 yeah. times. It's I'd hard love to be to see bitter. Their productivity <laughs> metrics, right? Like, right. what what are their back end oh, so, results? Yes, and, and, yeah. and they're seeing it, they, and, and it's it's working. Yeah. The absenteeism way down, productivity way up. Um, things like enabling the employees to want to say things to management. So the story that that Pete yeah. tells is. He's like, well, before the employees never thought their voices were heard, but now they're like, wait a minute, I'm an owner. I I actually have a stake in this. So a guy raises his hand and says, hey, I just wanted to let you know that the way you guys do this milk route that I have to deliver, yeah. there's like, you can make this three times more efficient and we can put more milk in it. And so he becomes part of the process. What the KKR folks are doing is amazing. and But by Pete's own admission, um, he says, but look, this is really hard. It's time consuming. And not every company can do it. And so, um, again, not a lead in, but that's what my new company does is it tries to yeah. create an ability for the hourly worker in a highly scalable, simple, not using private stock and all these things, but basically using technology to create an equity-like ownership payout for the hourly worker. Yeah. So the paycheck to paycheck person all of a sudden saying, well, now I feel like an owner in the job through the technology that right. we're building. So I don't want to go down Salt Labs is, um, that's by the way, saltlabs.com, S-A-L-T. No, all good, man. All good. I love that you bring it up. But, you know, but, but yes, but that's the short answer to who I think is yeah. doing it very well. But Jason, I have a question on that. So is the, you know, is the line that's run really the hourly worker or what about, there's an awful lot of space up into middle management and salaried workforce that is not the executive, the C-suite and the executives that are really the biggest takers, right? In those stories. So, so is it really the line at hourly or does well, it look, creep it, up quite I a bit? I agree with you. Yeah. It, it, it's a line that we have drawn artificially yeah. because, you know, we as a company and certainly me as an individual and as a, as a leader, um, you know, I have, I, I, you know, I, I just have a very, very particular interest, and in, frankly, life calling. I feel like yeah. to build great technology for really the most disadvantaged and low-income workers in the in yeah. the country. But it doesn't mean that issue does not persist. You know, I'll give you an example. At my first company, Tailypay, twelve percent of our users made over a hundred thousand dollars a year. That yes. Now, yes. just let that sink in. Interesting, right? Twelve percent of our users could not afford to pay a. Uh, uh, pay a bill on time and they're making six figures a year. You know, my father never made over $60,000 a year when he raised two, two kids in, in the U S and so you, you, it, it, that, it kind of puts things into perspective. Yeah. 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 I often wonder just because uh, sometimes there isn't that much differentiation between some of the hourly workforce up to the salaried workforce that is, you know, kind of that middle layer. And so um, it'll be interesting to watch, yeah. you know, as you evolve, um, you know, how, how, uh, how that comes about. Yeah. I've definitely seen more, we were talking about this at breakfast, uh, more, more companies looking at the, uh, you know, making it employee owned in their organizations yes. and trying to hold I've, on I've to heard about this. I mean, yeah. it's tough, right? Like you, you keep seeing data on, you know, shifts, g adoption going down, right? UKG puts out great data on shifts. Um, you know, the frontline worker, you know, so much, we were talking about like today, customer service being dead. And I'm like, I don't know that it's dead. It's just that it's just not staffed and the quality isn't there like it was, right? Like the experiences of going out to eat or whatever. And it's largely talent based, yes, right? And like, yeah. and I know they have so many things to compete for, right? Like you've got the creator economy happening. So now employees have much more autonomy oh, oh yes. and ability to say, no, this is how I want to be treated and compensated. And this is how long I'll work here. But Pete, yeah. that you, you've tapped into something that's yeah. critical, which is um, Taco Bell is not a creator economy company. They still need to yes. hire people, yes. but they, what you have to come to grips with is 
there are there are now alternatives. You know, when I was growing up, I had there was one supermarket in town, and that's where I worked. Yeah. When I went to college, I worked at Chili's. There were very very few opportunities to figure out how to pay your bills when you're when I was growing up. But mobile and the internet has completely radically changed people's and, and for many good things has given people a lot more choice. And so now they don't have to work that job. And if you're an employer who needs people in that type of profile, you better very quickly figure out how to interact with them because the analog way of doing things, it ain't going to work. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, it's just not going to work. Doing more of what we've done in the past. You're right. And I think there's a lot of organizations that are still throwing the same effort at the, at the same problem and they're getting the, you know, the same outcomes and they're like, well, what do we do? Right. So I think you've got to get creative. I think you've got to get really um, uh, agile and be willing to open up and say, hey, maybe there's another way of doing this and we need to go and see, you know, yeah. see what it is. But a couple of years ago, creativity was just, well, maybe people can job share, or work part time yeah. or be mobile or be virtual. And now I think, it, you know, it's like the, to the next level. Right. Oh, yeah. Now you have to think about, OK, well, if I'm having people work less than a full time, you know, now how do I engage them and how do I make sure that they're rewarded? And, you know, and they might be as forgotten as the hourly population just because um, historically corporations have not felt that the, the part time workforce or gig yeah. workforce is really you know, is really the core contributor. And yeah. they're making up bigger and bigger percentages of the workforce. Let me ask you both a question, you know, from yeah. from my yeah. seat, which is, I'm just curious, yeah. do you feel like companies are giving up? You know, like this has been such a long, persistent problem. Do they just accept life and say, it's going to be 100% turnover and I'm just going to get used it to it. It just is what it is. It just yeah. is. You know, yeah. That's why labor I'm going to defer to Julie first. She's on the front lines much more with customers on a transformation base. But do they still want to get you know, at it? Do they yeah. still believe? I feel like they, they still believe. It. And yeah. you know, the real change. They have to believe. They have, they have to, to believe. Because right? you can't go without workers, right? But I do feel sometimes like there's an over-reliance on how can technology solve this for me because it's more difficult. I mean, it's it's kind of easier to think about plugging yeah. in a technology. That's why maybe AI is getting all the buzz this year, right? You get a lot of buzz. Um, it's because that, um, you know, that kind of can supplement the workforce. Um, but I feel like sometimes there's too much enthusiasm about that. So if you're going to toss your weight behind a technology solution, you know, you can't do that at the expense of motivating workforce and yeah. getting them, you know, engaged and rewarded the way that you're talking about, yeah. right? So yeah. you you can't just do one and not the other. You're, yeah. You have to do both. So just to play devil's advocate for a minute, let's think about this, right? If I'm, a, if I'm, let's say I'm, I'm an employer who's maybe like, oh, this is never going to work in my organization. We can never afford to do this, right? Equity would be just too much. How do, what's the, what's the, what's the answer to that? Right? Is there a way? You're talking about from, from, from our particular. Just bringing that, yeah, just bringing that together. Like I, I can see employers well, being like, oh, you know, this is never going to work. I, right, look, there's, there's a lot of this that still goes on with earn wage access. Oh, this will never yeah. work. Yeah. Our employees will never take it. They'll just but do the But you know what? You also thing. see, you also see yeah. a big glut behind like what, what ancillary benefits or what ancillary programs yeah. can I toss into the mix? And, and you see this, you know, like compi compilation of, you know, things that you're offering an employee that go into their life, life, work, life balance and that go beyond the workplace. And, and I don't, you know, I don't know, like, is, is that the right answer? It's certainly not solving all the issues. Yeah. It certainly well, in, doesn't address. In early, yeah. In at the turn of the century, George Eastman of Eastman Kodak, he wanted his factory workers to uh, produce the, the cameras quicker. Yeah. So he started to pipe in classical music at lunchtime in the cafeteria to get people to calm, you know, to calm their mind. And then they would go in and produce the, and, and maybe he started it, but I have been puzzled myself at how many things are offered by an employer yeah. 
that don't got nothing to do with work. More and more. <laughs> more, and, more. You, yeah. and, and, I, and I often wonder, are these just weird forms of bribery? Yeah. And so you know, we have this thesis at, at our company, which is, okay, sure, employers should always engage employees. And that, that's great. And, and they should do that. But what you, But the missing piece of this, in my opinion, is can you get the employee to engage with the work? Imagine that. Imagine that. No longer employers, or sorry, in addition to employers engaging an employee, what about the employee engaging with the actual job yeah. itself, yeah. Yeah. making the job something they want to come do. Instead That's of, the, one days, of the, the days of having the ping pong tables at the office yeah, yeah, and the, you right. know, like arranging the furniture in special ways so that you can And so that's like like it's 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 sort of crazy to me that you know you offer these ancillary benefits, these voluntary benefits, and there's nothing wrong with those things. Um, but if you're only relying on that, what you are really just doing is assuaging yeah. the friction and, and as opposed to saying, look, you're deferring it. Yeah, it's almost like, hey, look over here. Yeah. You know, don't look over here, look over here. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I, I think one of the things that we've lost sight of is what about getting that worker to actually want to do the work itself? Yes. And how do you actually improve that? And how do you, in some cases, do it programmatically or leverage technology or through management? How do you sort of get that bond right. fixed? Yeah. Um, because look, how many times have you heard, well, I like my manager, but I can't stand this job. So I'm, right. uh, I'll keep in touch with her over social media. Yes. And I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think That's one of the interesting paths along that has been, you know, all of the hype around uh, giving you opportunities, right? So the whole talent mobility and how to identify projects or or activities that you can get an employee involved in that's interested in that, and and that that follows at least that train of thought, right? But it but it also maybe doesn't address the issue of what is your primary work, right? And so um, so is it a distraction because you're offering them a chance to work on something additional, right? But but you still have that base of work that you have to address. Yeah, and I I think we have lost sight in some contexts yeah. of. Well, it's, it's not called play and it is called work. Yeah. Um, and it's, there's nothing wrong with making things more enjoyable for the employee, but just don't forget, you got to get that person to actually want to engage in the actual job itself. Yeah. And I think that's, we, we've kind of lost sight of that thing because it's easier to offer other stuff. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to have a 30 minute disciplinary discussion with my son. I'd rather just take him to ice cream. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot easier to do that yeah. than to actually yeah. try to create real change. And because that's hard, it's taxing, it's, you know, burdensome and, and I'm really bad at it. And I, I like ice cream. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do you think, Julie, you're out there all, all the time. Do you think employers really get it? I mean, when it comes to like the fact that they're in this, there's this massive gap and this trust gap and all this, like, I know they know there's engagement problems. I know they know there's retention problems, but like, do you think they really get that? Like the old ways are not going to work anymore. You, you know, think yet? I, I, mean, I think the big, one of the biggest issues for employers is who gets it, right? Because, yeah, yeah. because you can have a lot of folks that get it and even a lot of folks in HR that get it, but they may not be the decision makers, right? right. They may so, not be pulling the strategy cords. And so, you know, it, it's the age old, um, it's the age old setup of, you know, who gets it and then who's kind of leading the strategy and the direction and then who's holding the purse strings. And are those three things coming into yeah. line with each other yeah. or are they not? We did it. We did a, a show on, you know, are, you know, when your executives are invested, but not in or investing, but not invested in HR mm -hmm. transformation. There's a difference, right? Just cutting a check and buying a system and putting it in is different than being leaning in and as a culture saying, we're going to make a change in this organization right. for the better right. around people. 
Um, and that's what I wonder if, if there's still that disconnect of invested in investing um, in what an opportunity. Seeing, yeah. Um, so obviously, no doubt that it, it, it comes from the top, of course. But look, I will tell you, um, it's a tale of two cities there. I, I, you know, I can't not say that I think that a lot of folks have unfortunately woken up after this, the last 10 years of yeah. growth and zero interest rates and where capital was plentiful. And I think, you know, for better or for worse, some people have woken up and said, wait a minute, all of that investment I made in HR technology and in, yeah. in HR, okay, like every other business that I have is measured on some level yeah. of performance. So what is the measurement here? Like I spent a lot of money um, doing HR transformation or technology, or frankly, even HR departments right. growing and growing. I mean, whoever whoever thunk you needed a employer experience, brand demand. I mean, you know, all these new yeah. jobs that we've all invented, probably, you know, here. And But the the question is, I think a lot of operators are saying, I don't get it. Like, how do I measure the effectiveness of this? And you know, in the last 10 years when capital was plentiful, no one ever thought to ask those questions. But now I think people are asking those very difficult questions. That's on one side. On the other side, no, I I, I still think, you know, I'm, I'm talking to a company uh, or um, we're about to launch uh, for a company um, at Salt. And I, I would have told you now they, they would never have done it. Like when I, when I, when we prospected them originally, I said, no, this company is probably too worried about certain aspects of their margin structure, their business. But from CEO on down, like this is the best thing I've ever heard. We got to do it. Yeah. How do we fast track? You Still know, opening it, their minds. Yes, yeah. and and so I, I I don't mean to be equivocating, but I think though it, it's pro like those are the two things that I'm seeing, and it really just depends how much pain you have. You know, on one hand, yes. if yeah. you've got margin pain, you're the one asking, okay, what has this gotten me? If you're over here and you've got labor pain. You're, you're still willing to make the investment. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And, and that sometimes that's the problem is the reactionary nature versus the be uh, proactive with it. And I think that's where most are in that reactive moment. Yeah. Right? Well, nature struggles still with just what do I measure to even figure yeah. out if I've made progress or yeah. I've not made progress, right? Am I measuring the size of my HR budget? Am I measuring productivity? And how do I even do that? And so so just figuring out what the measures are to, to cross the bar has been an yeah. eons old problem for HR as well. And I'm, I'm not sure, you know, are we doing any better at that? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, we'll see, right? We're, we're you know, I, I think we're, I think we're entering into a point where now employers are really having to step back from themselves and go, Hey, look, these things, like we've said all along, these things aren't working. The old ways aren't going to get it done. We're going to have to do some, some creativity, but do you think the horse out of the barn, you think we can, I mean, there's a lot to factor in here. Society, you know, we've got all kinds of economic problems and pressures and inflation and Right. I mean, do you think it's too too late? Do you think we're too little, we're too, too late? Is the, uh, is the horse out of the barn? <laughs> well, you know? well, look, the answer is it better not be. I hope not. Regardless of what I think. You know, our productivity is not getting better, right? Our GDP is not getting better. Yeah. You look, I, as a nation, you know? there are some um, not so great outcomes and not, not so great answers. You know, that's job replacement, that's automation, that's all the things that I think we all know are kind of lurking in the background. There's, there's you know, AI and... Um, Look, I, I'm guessing if there was some underground roundtable of the top 20 CEOs of, yeah. you know, McDonald's, hourly workers, everyone's, you know, everyone's trying to get that automate that machine oh, yeah. and robotics and automation. I mean, even even something as trivial as kiosk ordering. Oh yeah. Think about how yeah. amazing, just 
that has been incredible, yeah. right? Now, now store staffing for McDonald's has gone from 50 down to 30. I was 34. just in San Francisco and they have one of the, I think it was San Fran, they have one of those stores where you swipe your card to walk in. Oh. Uh, and I think you get your things and you walk out, kind of like China has, where yeah, they yeah. just RFID yeah. your. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was like, wow, that's uh, that's an interesting, I've, I've not seen that physically. I've, I've heard about it, read about it, but so, yeah. So look, I think that there's that's out there, but yeah. look, at the end of the day, um, People are people. We have a lot of workers. I think. I think if we if we got rid of all those workers, I think we'd have other bigger social unrest issues. And so, I think my hope is that um, that technology can be used to draw the best out of out of folks and make them the best versions of themselves. Oh, yeah. But I'll tell you, I, I I have another kind of my last plug or my last observation rather is, I, I just think we're past this era of like top down. Totally. It just this 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 notion of. You're going to roll out a yeah. new program and then your your VPs will understand and then your managers will yeah. do this and then your squad leader has to and then it's very know, command and control. Oh, way, my goodness. Right? It's, yeah. I, I think technology ought to be able to go flip that on its head and go yes. bottoms up yep. and it should be self-initiated and, you know, and, and it should be like it's really incumbent upon people like me and um, in my industry to build technology that's so easy to use that it doesn't require right. the employer's involvement. Yeah. Because I think, look, we want to get great things out of the workforce, but the impediment will still, it will always yes. be, can the employer execute on what they're trying to get done? And that's a that's a tall order, yeah. Yeah. really, really tall and order. And beyond that, I think your, your executives have to prioritize the bottom of the stack, right? Yes. They have to prioritize the masses when traditionally your learning and your performance and your development has been focused so much on leadership that you know the priority has to really be flipped. Yeah, yeah. In order to adopt some of these things. Yeah, yeah. This has been a great conversation, Jason. I really appreciate you so much. What's next for Salt? Tell us uh, what um, you guys got up your sleeve. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. Look. Just. I mean, you heard it here first yeah. on uh, on the, on this show. Um, we launched in April of this year, yeah, and right. we were. Thank you. We were. Um, yeah. So we um, we launched in April. Thanks to. Uh, our investors who backed me, 100% of the money that went into Salt was from Daily Pay investors. So that was it was great to get that to get that validation. And so they have been um, uh, supporting us along the way. We have uh, we launched a product, uh, kind of like an alpha product, um, and we kind of got the results that we thought we would get, which is great. Yeah. Um, and now we're starting to onboard employers. Um, yes. We started about a month ago, and you'll hear some stuff out of us and yeah. uh, towards the end of the year about hey. We've got our, our first cohort of employers. They're on it. Here's what yeah. they're seeing. Um, and then look, who knows? Um, seven years ago, I said, look, I know you don't believe me, but every company is now going to have to offer this. And you'll see it in job ads. You'll see it in the new new hire training. That's what I said about earned wage access and on-demand pay. And I'm making the call here that seven years from now, it won't just be the paycheck awesome. that people yeah. receive. They're going to have to go earn something that's permanent. So we, so we just need to have some touch bases before seven years from now, yeah, yeah. right? Well, I want you to come back with a client. You should come back with a client. Definitely. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I'd love to hear the impact of this. And I had to timestamp this because if it works, yes. I'm a futurist. Yes. If it yeah. doesn't, yeah. Pete, bury the podcast. That part. Cut it. Cut that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take yeah. Well, the awesome. futurist label. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jason. It's been great. You bet. Enjoy the rest of the conference, man. And good luck to Salt. I'm all excited, you guys. Thank you, yeah. both. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Yeah.